This is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. We talk a lot on the show about food access around the Chicago area and the racial disparities in health and nutrition. Like when the last grocery store in Garfield Park closed earlier this month. So we wanted to focus this Food Friday conversation on just that, food equity and justice. And the timing is perfect because the 17th Annual Food Justice Summit is happening in Chicago right now. WBEZ's Natalie Moore recently talked to the organizers of the event, Enrique Orozco and Steph Funk of the Chicago Food Policy Action Council. And they started the conversation by explaining how the summit works. The annual Chicago Food Justice Summit is a free event that the Chicago Food Policy Action Council organizes in partnership with Cook County Health Department and Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. This event makes a space where attendees can find and connect with others to share meaningful knowledge, relationships, and conversations to improve the Chicagoland food future together. Enrique, this is the 17th annual summit. What does it take to put on an event like this? It takes a lot of collaboration. Um, we have a uh, far reach of networks that you know go across a lot of Chicago's geographic area, a lot of the Chicagoland's geographic area, cultural groups, and everyone's contributed in their own way. We have amazing speakers and we have amazing participants who are contributing to that conversation from all around uh, the the county, the state, and you know without their support and without their everlasting participation, you know we wouldn't have gotten this far. Uh, tell us about some of those experts, officials, and advocates who are participating this year. Yeah, uh, so one of the themes that we are highlighting this year is around collective care. So we wanted to really shine a spotlight on some of those stories of resilience and, and those stories of you know community love that have shown uh, throughout the last two years of this pandemic and economic crisis. So we've heard a lot from different mutual aid groups throughout the throughout the state who have set up food drives, food redistribution events, uh, finding ways to divert food that with all the restaurants closed may have been thrown away, uh, but bringing it to food pantries to go back out into the communities. Recently, Chicago also launched the, uh, excuse me, the, the Food Equity Council. So we heard from some speakers from the mayor's office who are sharing about this new initiative and ways that different farmers and community members can get involved. And Steph, tell us what collective care is. So we are hoping to deconstruct the root causes of inequity while simultaneously rebuilding a better system. Um, Collective care, in an essence, is when communities all come together and rather than being siloed as individuals that are asked to kind of fend for themselves, as a unit, we can all lift each other up to make sure that we all end up okay. What are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to food access in the Chicago area? It's a great question. Um, we talk about a lot of barriers here at CIFPAC, um, but long-term disinvestment in some Chicago communities, especially on the southwest side of Chicago, have resulted in food apartheid. Folks living in food apartheid lack the ample access to grocery stores, farmers markets, food co-ops, restaurants, etc., that we see in places like downtown, which is no accident. Um, while lack of food access for some individuals probably wasn't an intentional consequence, it definitely wasn't a natural occurrence or a coincidence. It's not like some geographic areas attract grocery stores while others repel them. Instead, our policies and practices over time result in these economic inequities. I just wanted to, to follow up on something that you said. A lot of listeners may not know the term food apartheid, which is the preference these days to food desert. Can you talk about the two terms and what food apartheid means? Absolutely. Yeah. We hear the term food desert a lot, 
I believe it was Karen Washington that coined the term food apartheid. And the reason that people prefer apartheid due to de- or versus desert is apartheid names that this is not an accident. It's also not a natural thing that just kind of occurs, um, whereas deserts are natural ecosystems. And actually, they are thriving ecosystems, and maybe they're not as green and lush as forests. Um, there's tons of creatures. There's so much happening there. So when we call something a food desert, not only does it kind of sound like that's normal, but it sounds like it's just something that sort of happens, something that's a shame. Whereas apartheid points to the fact that this is something that is a result of our policies and practices. Like I said before, it's probably not intentional, but it is because of our own doing. And when we frame it in that light, that opens up a conversation for how we can undo that. And that type of dynamic is most experienced in black and brown communities here in Chicago. Um, How has the pandemic factored in this? That is absolutely right. Um, And the pandemic has further exacerbated these inequities. Um, We can definitely see that in that most of our essential workers, quote unquote, the folks that are feeding us throughout this pandemic are also BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and folks of color, like you just mentioned. So it's been very ironic that the folks that are putting in all of this hard work and labor to feed us throughout the pandemic also happen to be the people that are the most jeopardized in terms of food access. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking about the 17th annual Food Justice Summit going on in Chicago right now. Our guests are Steph Funk and Enrique Orozco, two organizers from the event. Steph, you're also a part of the Chicago Food Policy Action Council. Tell us more about that organization and the work that you all are are doing, and if you can um, weave in the recent policy equity um, order that was signed that would uh, be helpful too. Sure. So the Chicago Policy Action Council is a nonprofit independent of the city. Our mission statement is to co-develop, facilitate, advocate for, and support the implementation of policies that advance food justice and food sovereignty in Chicago and across the region. We envision a food system in which all Chicagoans, regardless of race, class, gender, social identity, have the right to healthy and culturally appropriate food produced through community-driven, ecologically regenerative, and economically viable processes. The Food Equity Council is a council that has been in the works for, my understanding, is maybe over a decade. Um, And the purpose of this council is to address how our policies and practices have resulted in the food landscape that we see today. And there are a number of working groups that are focused on addressing what may need to change so that we can work towards building a stronger and more equitable food system for all of the Chicago region. And what does a just food system in Chicago look like for both of you? Well, a just food system is unique to each community, but it really is rooted in having the power and tools to eat what you want, eat how you want it, and really be empowered to you know do what makes your body feel that like it has nutrition and that it feels good. For me, this looks like ensuring that there are fair labor wages and working conditions for farmers and food workers, fair land access to everyone who wants to farm or garden and grow their own food, uh, restorative agricultural practices that honor the wisdom of indigenous farmers and equip people to be sustainable stewards of the land instead of using uh, harmful fertilizers or pesticides and a healthcare system that, and a nutrition curriculum that talks about food as a way to nourish and heal your food, but also something that can be enjoyed without shame. Steph, what about for you? 
I'm going to echo everything Enrique said. I think it's really important to point out that a, a just food system is designed by the community that it's meant to serve. And so that really does look different for all kinds of folks. I want to also shout out the importance of culturally appropriate foods, especially for people that might not be able to afford going to a grocery store like Whole Foods and having this whole wide range of options. Um, we really advocate for a food distribution system to folks of any income, any class, any race, in a way that they can choose a food that not only they're really excited to eat, but is familiar to them based on what they grew up eating. Enrique, what motivates you to do this type of work? Well, um, I think like Beth and anyone else is involved in this food system, I love food and it's always been a part of my, my upbringing. All of my like really important family memories are sitting down with my mom and my abuelos and you know enjoying a meal together. So that is something that you know we want to ensure that all people are able to do it and to do it in a, make, in a way that makes sense for them. Um, there's something powerful that can be shared for the connection and the bond that people have when they're sharing a meal, even more so when they're growing that meal, if they're you know, working in the garden or, or working on the farm and, and all those steps in between. As you all are talking about reimagining a just food system here in Chicago, what kind of action is needed to get to that point? I'm thinking specifically about public policy, what kind of laws need to be passed or you know, ordinances in, in city council. That's a great question that I could probably talk about for hours and hours. Um, one of the bigger initiatives of SIPPAC is the Good Food Purchasing Policy, uh, which is a policy that has five pillars it requires city institutions to use a values-based procurement system. So considering animal welfare, whenever we're serving meat at a Chicago institution, the growing practices of the food, how sustainably is it grown, the nutritional value of the food. So we want schools to be feeding kids healthy foods, salads, instead of burgers and pizzas. And just oh, to, to slow down a little bit, the procurement, you're talking about Chicago Public Schools, City of Chicago, Right. I believe Cook County, any any type of purchasing that government is is doing related to food. Any kind of purchasing. Yeah. So any any place that a person is eating food in a place that's run by the city of Chicago, they are required to use a values based procurement system underneath the good food purchasing policy. And so this is one way that we're able to ensure that all of the food spend in Chicago is ideally going to more local places versus overseas. And then again, when people are eating in a space that is provided by the city, that they are eating really good, healthy, locally grown food. What are you hoping that people take away from this year's summit, Enrique? Well, uh, we hope that this is a space where, you know, people from all across Chicagoland have been able to make connections with someone new, hopefully find someone that you know, shares uh, one of their goals or is working towards the same project that they are and find ways to collaborate, find ways to share things that worked, share things that didn't, um, and, you know, keep moving forward. And as we say with this theme of collective care, we, we, want, we don't want things to be siloed. Individually, we all know some. Together, we know a lot. And it's really crucial to share that knowledge. I noticed that there are a number of Indigenous speakers on the program. Why is it important to center their voices in this food space? Excellent question. We feel like it is really important to honor Indigenous voices, especially since there is so much wisdom rooted in Indigenous practices of growing food. Um, and today, when we look at our agricultural system, it is obvious that we have strayed very far away from that. And in my personal opinion, I believe if we were to return to some of those practices, even outside of our food system, our world would look a lot different, a lot kinder, 
and our, our future, I think, would be a lot less daunting, especially for young folks. So we feel it's very important, especially in the Midwest and this massive agricultural community that we reside in, that we are making a point to invite Indigenous folks to share their perspective on food system work. What panel are each of you most excited about for the summit? I'll start with you, Steph. Ooh, that's such a tough question. Um, I, I'm going to give you a kind of vague answer. Some of the sessions I'm the most excited for are the ones that our Flavor and Reimagination crew have put together. So one of the challenges of doing this virtual summit is that we're all kind of alone in front of our computers, just listening to content as it flows through our brain. Um, but our Flavor and Reimagination team put a lot of effort into putting interactive workshops that integrate some kind of art, reflection, drawing, or journaling so that folks can process all of the information they're receiving at the summit while also being able to connect with folks and kind of meet people sort of one-on-one versus this really passive lecture-based conference. So I'm really excited for folks to have the ability to connect and then also produce some kind of art when attending the summit. And Enrique? Uh, well, I'll uh, plug in that EndNote panel again with Dr. Rebecca Webster, Chef Elena Terry, and Vanessa Casillas. Um, I got a chance to speak with some of them a few days ago and hear about what they were planning to present, and I, I got chills. They're all going to be sharing stories of their lives and of their experiences and connections with food. And like uh, Steph highlighted, the importance of hearing these Indigenous voices uh, I think it'll be something that everyone will be able to connect to and everyone will be able to to really enjoy. That's Enrique Orozco and Steph Funk, co-organizers of the 17th Annual Chicago Food Justice Summit. Thank you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.